1: Those who are free are free indeed, as we'll see next here on Times of Refreshing. the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. This is Times of Refreshing. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman will return us once again to Galatians chapter 5. It's there, if you were with us yesterday, that we were reminded again by the Apostle Paul that those who are set free are ultimately liberated from the bondage of sin. Now, what that means for you and I, Practically on a daily basis is the subject of our time together today. So join us here in Galatians chapter 5 for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Once again, our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of what? Righteousness. That I have been set free from sin. God set me free from the influence. And the power of sin in my life. I don't have to do what I used to do. And the reason why I used to do it. Is because I didn't have any power to overcome it. But now through Jesus he gives me power to overcome my old sinful lifestyle. That having been set free from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you have presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for a holiness i present my members my body all that i am as a slave of righteousness which leads to holiness this is how we have to start thinking we have to start believing and I know the struggle. I know the battle. That You know you give your life to Christ. And you, you want to do right. And just like Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7. You want to do right. But you always feel like evil is present. And you take two steps forward. And three steps back. And you're going through this process. And there's a war going on inside of you. There's a battle that's taking place for supremacy. Supremacy inside of you. and there's a, And there's a battle within. That's taking place. There's a. There's a a Jacob and Esau going on inside of you. And who's going to get supremacy? Who is going to? And the one that you feed is going to live. And the one that you refuse to feed is going to die. And you have to tell your flesh, no, you're not living in here anymore. That the new me is going to begin to reign in this mortal body. My attitude is going to get in in alignment with the will of God. My thoughts are going to get into alignment with the will of God. I'm going to start casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to get my mind right. Get my heart right. I know I need to forgive that one. I need to forgive that one. I need to forgive that one. I need to, Junebug stole my big will when we was five. I got to forgive him. Such and such did that. I'm going through forgiveness and I'm going to get my heart clean in the sight of God so I can win this battle. Every form of resentment or jealousy and envy I have in my heart towards people, I'm going to let God eradicate that from my life. I want my body to be a, in a, uh, a temple. <laughs> the temple of the Holy Spirit that in my body that god can whoo i just feel whoo 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 i just feel that right now that my body to be a dwelling place for the most high god that when people say are you going to church yeah i got a church right here the father the son and the holy ghost they right here can i have an amen that that god is in my life But we learn to do this and realize that you have to present your bodies, your members, as being alive from the dead in Christ. Look at verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. When you were a slave to sin, righteousness really meant nothing to us. Our conscience was totally opposed to the will of God. And, and, and when people would say, don't you think, are not you feel bad for doing that? No. Man, you know you got this little black book, man. You got all these ladies in this little black book. Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to have. You don't feel bad? No. person is free in regards to righteousness. They don't feel any conviction. And so you have a guy that just decides with his wife that we're going to go down to this place and we're going to blow all these people up. And shoot and kill fourteen people and wound some other people we 're going to make these pipe bombs, and we 're going to do all this stuff and we 're going to, and, and, and have no kind of guilt or compassion or nothing just in regards to righteousness, a person is totally shut off. They have a debased mind, a reprobated mind for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. What fruit did you have it, have then in the things of which you are now ashamed. For the end of those things is what, y'all? Death. It's always going to lead to death. Sin is always going to deliver us to death. If we live a sinful lifestyle, ultimately it's going to lead us to a, it's going to lead us down a pathway of destruction that's going to ultimately end up, and not just, and, and, the context here is not just death in the terms of a person who's going to die, but your ultimate state after you die, which is hell. And this is, what, this is what sin does. It just delivers you right over to hell. We keep living that type of lifestyle. It, it, sin will break your body down. Sin will get you to a place where you see a person and then five years later you look at them. What happened to you? Oh, yeah, you know, I got on them drugs. And, and the next thing you know, and the person starts losing their hair and losing their teeth. And, and, the, and the skin starts, and they up all night, can't sleep. And the sin just takes a person down a road of destruction. And they look up and you look up. That person used to be beautiful. What happened to them? Sin. The person used to love life, have a smile on their face. What happened to him? Sin. Man, that brother used to be in the church. He was just on fire for God. What happened? He got back in the streets. Now look at him. What happened to him? Man, he used to be an altar worker. Sin. this is why Jesus, he, he, he came to free us from sin, our flesh. To give us liberty so we can enjoy life and be blessed and enjoy the fruit of righteousness. Verse 22, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you, are, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. How many want everlasting life in this room? This is, this is how we get it. This is what God has planned for us. He wants to, us to enjoy everlasting life with him, not sin and hell but we can't do both. We can't be legalistic, but then we also can't be in the church and be lawless. He's talking to the people of God here. We can't be in the church and then lawless and then wonder, why don't I feel God when I come to church? Well, maybe God's not happy with you because you still smell like Michelob because you was out last night tripping. Somebody say, preach pastor. I mean, that's why God's not happy. How are you going to get your anointing, your blessing to get a breakthrough today? You still hung over. And what happens is we come to church and pastors, and I'm, I'm not, I don't preach a lot about pastors and stuff like that because I know it's, it's, a, it's a hard job and it's not easy. But sometimes people get in the pulpit and they, and, and they don't want to talk about this stuff. They're just happy the church is full. We got a lot of people here, praise God. But that's just not the goal. We want people to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? And y'all know, a lot of y'all know, I was preaching this kind of message when we had 30 people in our church. Because it's not just about the large crowds. My background is, is, and you guys know this, I came from professional sports. I'm used to seeing 70,000 people in a stadium. All this type of stuff. I'm not impressed with crowds. I walked away from all that stuff. I want to see Jesus. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. I want to see Jesus. And so he says here, he says, he says, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, but the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Now we want to get to this spot. We want to get to this spot in God that he has for us. Romans chapter chapter 8 verse 12 to 17. This is where we want to arrive, saints, as the people of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 12 to 17. You're free to become sons of God. That we become children of the Most High God. We're not legalistic. We're not lawlessness. I've been preaching that for years. But we're sons and daughters of God. He says, therefore, brethren, verse 12, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, whether that's legalism or lawlessness. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, your old sinful nature, he says, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit, the human spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be, He says, glorified together. And this is where we want to end up that I'm not a debtor to my flesh. I'm learning and loving to ter- tell my, my old nature no. That's not me. It's not my lifestyle. I'm a man of God. I'm not a man of God. I don't don't look at pornos. I don't don't look at pornography and filth like that. I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. I I don't cheat on my wife. I'm faithful to my wife. I'm a man of God. I, I don't get involved in, in, in the club scene and all that stuff. I'm a man of God. I don't listen to that kind of music over there. I'm a man of God. That's stuff. Them guys talking about all these women they sleep with in these songs and, and rapping about foolishness and clubbing and blinging and this and that with all they grill and all this. I don't have time for that. I'm a man of God. I don't, I don't have time for all that stuff. I don't watch them videos, man. I got to make sure my eye, my vision is right and that God, that God can use me on a moment's notice that I'm always on point with God, that I'm, I'm staying in the Spirit. I'm a man of God. When I'm out here coaching the kids, when I'm out here co- coaching the kids and stuff and, and the brothers in the church will tell you, I'm not, I'm not out here cussing at the kids and, and cussing them out and telling them this. I might get on them. But you're not going to hear no foul language and different things like that. I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. We got to start telling ourselves that you're a woman of God. You don't have time to be messing around with Junebug and Sweet Jimmy and them. I don't have time with y'all brothers. You brothers tripping, man. I don't have time for that. I need a man of God. You're not no man of God. Where are the ladies at? Oh, I need a man of God. I need a man of God in my life. I'm not, I'm not trying to run with that. You got to come on now. You may not be as saved as long as I am, but you better get on this train fast if you want to be with me. I'm preaching that thing now. I'm preaching that thing now. I'm preaching it. That I'm a woman of God. I don't have time to be playing around. Y'all over here at the water cooling, cussing and stuff like that, and talking about the boss, everybody, I don't have time for that. I'm a woman of God. Hey, bro, you want to go golfing and, and hang out, and, you know, and me and the guys, we're going to have some cigars and stuff. No, no, I can't hang with y'all. You guys might be preachers and everything. No, I, don't, I don't do that. I'm trying to, I got people in my church trying to get delivered from all that. And how am I going to hang out with you and you guys doing that? I can't hang out with y'all. Well, brother, you're just, you're trying to be separate. You're not the body of Christ. Is, but yeah, the body of Christ is good. I love the body of Christ. But, but I'm not going to hang out with you guys. I'll just, I'm, I'm not tripping. Because people think that it's just every free for all. But I'm, I'm not a debtor to my flesh. I don't owe my flesh anything. All of us, you don't owe your flesh anything. Don't apologize for trying to live right in the sight of God and be a blessing to God. To say, God, you saved me, you delivered me, you freed me, you came into my life when I was at my worst. I'm giving you my whole life, Lord. Here it is. I'm giving you my whole life, Lord. And I'm not apologizing for that. I'm just not. He says here, He says, we're not debtors. He says, for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, he says, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. He says, these are the sons of God. And that's what we're going to find. Lord, tell me, I want to be led by you in everything that I'm doing. Help me with my personal preferences, my cultural background, my likes and dislikes. And find out how I can stay in tune with you and be led by your Spirit. That that becomes my lifestyle because I'm a son or I'm a daughter of God. And I'm being led by God. I'm being led by God. That's the spot. It's not legalism. It's not lawlessness. But man, I'm just being led by God's spirit. And God's spirit is not going to tell me to do anything contrary to God's word. So I want to make sure I'm staying in tune with God's spirit, his word, and I'm living my lifestyle like this. And then I meet God at the standard that he's established. Saints, if we do this, the world is going to see a church because the only thing, until we get free, we can't help other people get free. I was thinking about something the other day, and I'm going to close with this. The devil, the devil, he's pretty crafty. You know, he, uh, he's, he's, he's smart. He, he knows humans. And, uh, you know, saints, he realizes that if I can't beat him, I'll join him. God said the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. And the devil knows that, that the instrument that God is using in the earth right now To bring change to the earth is his church the people of God we have the spirit of God in our midst and God uses the church as a powerful instrument and God is using the church all over the world and the devil knows that he cannot wipe the church out so what he's saying is if I can't wipe them out from without like I try to do in the book of Acts then I'll just join them And if I can get them to corrupt themselves, then God can't use them the way that he wants to use them to impact culture and to change people's lives. So I'll tell them it's okay to be legalistic and add all these rules that God never established. Or I'll tell them that because they're under grace, they don't have any rules. They can do whatever they want. And then I got them because God can't use them. We want to be the kind of individuals that God could use. Because we're not legalistic and we're not lawless. We're led by the Spirit of God. And then God, as he's cleaned our lives up, we can turn around and tell people how to get their lives cleaned up. And that's what that's what stops the devil in his tracks. And that's why he hates churches that are filled with the Spirit of God and that have that healthy spot in their lives where their sonship has really been accessed. And they're being led by God's Spirit. He hates He hates people like that because I can't corrupt them with sin because they're living right before God. And then I can't get them to add a bunch of stuff that God never said. That's when you start having an impact in your community. And that's when the frustration sets in with the devil. When we started this church way back in 2003, that same year, I had this powerful dream, and I talked to you guys about this a lot. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but I brought it up to the church. I had this powerful dream right before we started this church. And uh, I was coming down a Mount Diablo, and as I was coming down Mount Diablo, all of a sudden, this big old black bull started forming in this dream. He formed, and then all of a sudden... It was, I mean, it was, it was nasty. And all of a sudden it just started chasing me, this black bull. And I'm running away from this bull, make a long story short. I got behind this gate and, and, and I was, I was freed. I didn't get, I didn't get, uh, touched by the bull at all. And God liberated me and all this stuff. And I woke up and I was like, oh my goodness, what in the world was that? And the Lord spoke to me and said, and it surprised me. He said, son, that is a religious spirit that is going, that is in this area. That is is a religious spirit in this area. And it is intimidating people off of their, their mark here in the valley. You have to fight that. You have to fight that. And I knew exactly what God was saying because what happens is in this area, you'd be surprised how many people go to church. But you'd be surprised how many people are living for God. And, and what God was reminding me of is, listen, no matter what happens, no matter how many people you come to your church or not, do not change my message to get more people in the church. Can I have an amen? Because that bull is intimidating preachers and people off the mark. So that they have more success by having larger crowds. And I've always remembered that. That you know what? That I cannot, I got to preach on this stuff. I'm not going to preach a fluffy message that's going to make everybody feel good and have coffee and, and tea and crumpets and go off and keep living like the devil. That there's going to be a challenging aspect of it because God is like, and God reminded me and continues. Don't you be intimidated. Stick with the word. And the thing that has blessed me is how many people are hungry for the word. There are people out there that are saying, yes, I want to hear something. That's going to lift me up, but sometimes it's going to break me down and get me so I can walk with God the way. Can I have an amen? Walk with God the way he wants me to walk with him. Lord, we come before you today. And we thank you that as a church, we are not intimidated by that black bull. That spirit that has been intimidating preachers and churches and people for, for years in this area Lord we will not shrink back and draw back from preaching your whole counsel God we're not afraid we thank you that Lord that we're not the only ones that are preaching this message that there's others that that Lord they're gonna stand firm with you the same way that you warned me you have warned them and they're standing firm we thank you that we're not an island unto ourselves That there are so many people all around the world that will stand with you. Lord, we pray as a people that you would teach us the value of our freedom. That we are free to be sons and daughters of God. To be led by your spirit. To meet you at the standard that you establish through your word. That we are not legalistic. Like Galatians chapter 5. That we stand fast in our liberty. But we're not legal, lawless like Romans chapter 6. Lord, we are people that are submitted to your spirit and his influence in our lives. We are authentically Christian. That we walk with you, Lord. We talk with you. And we're not perfect. You're constantly working on us. But we love your work in our lives. We love when you convict us. It's a sign of sonship. We love when you encourage us by your spirit. It's a sign of sonship. We thank you that we are your children and the sheep of your pasture. We thank you that you are our shepherd, that we do not want. God, we thank you for your freedom. I'm free to be me in you. We're free to be slaves of righteousness, and we are free to serve you and to give you all the glory for calling us sons and daughters. In Jesus' name
1: we pray. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of the Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us, as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook, or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow pastor on Twitter with the address, at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing.